listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. It was Anthony Davis who tried to give it a go. There was some question as to whether or not he was going to be available, dealing with the groin injury that he suffered in Game 5, but unfortunately, or excuse me, in Game uh, uh, 4, rather. But fortunately, he came out, tried to give it a go last night, went for a couple of minutes, and it was obvious it just wasn't going to be anywhere close to 100%. Anthony Davis sits the rest of the game, and the Lakers go on to lose 113-100 to the final. Phoenix moves on to the next round. You may not know this, Jonas, but some would say I'm a cynic. Some would say I'm skeptical. <laughs> so let me ask you, the a, a man who isn't quite as cynical, do you feel like AD genuinely felt like he could give it a go? Or did this feel like, hey, I'm going to let it be known, you know, 15, 20 minutes before the game. I'm going to try against all rational thought, against all doctor's orders, and I'm going to go out there and then soon enough, I'm just going to kind of limp to the sideline and shrug like, I, I could, who could do more? Who could do more? And then disappear into the tunnel. If, to me, it felt like that. What did it feel like to you? Yeah, I think he uh, I think he had to go out there and at least show that he was going to try and give it a go, that he wasn't going to be, you know, quote-unquote street clothes, as Charles Barkley <laughs> dubbed him. Um, so he had to go out there. Um, but it was obvious from the, from the get-go. He, I mean, he probably shouldn't have been out there. He, he wasn't able to do anything uh, close to, to what he's normally capable of doing. And so I think, you know, it, a lot of it was to show everybody – I'm giving my all. I'm doing everything I can. But this isn't just me milking this thing. This is a legitimate injury, and I can't play with it. Couldn't you make the case that anything that he discovered on the court during the game could have easily been discovered in warm-ups? Yeah, 100%. So to even entertain – because what was the psychological effects on the Lakers – because if they knew, hey, there's no way he's going to go, he's going to go out there and act like he's going to try for a minute or two, that had to be – if that were the case, I don't know it was, but if it were, we would say, okay, that's a distraction. Now, imagine, though, that the other players thought, hey, he's going to play. Now they get their excitement up, and lo and behold, when he doesn't, there's a you know, downward energy push. Doesn't Is there any scenario – if AD knew he couldn't go, that him trying didn't hurt the Lakers. Not to mention the time on the floor that he was, you know, less than what the other, what the person who would have replaced him would have been. So in every way, this hurt the Lakers. Agree or not? Yeah, I mean, I just think that I don't know if it hurt them from a all of a sudden they lost their, you know, uh, some mojo because Anthony Davis went out. I, I think they probably could tell even in pregame warmups that he wasn't close to 100 percent and he was going to try and give it a go, but it was he couldn't couldn't get up and down the floor without it being obvious to everybody that this was a serious issue. Yeah. So if it was obvious and, you know, I'll let it go. But if it was obvious, that means that they knew it. And thus, what was the charade about? And, you know, if you're trying to win a game, how does a charade help? I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. But that's not my hot take. Here's my hot take. And actually... We have a guy in the forums. He does a lot of good stuff for pregame.com. Sleepy J uncovered something very interesting here. There was only three games this season that AD played 42 minutes or more. 42 minutes or more, which is obviously a lot of minutes out of a 48-minute game. And overtime sometimes, obviously. 
And the first time that AD played over 42 minutes, it was in February, and it was against the Detroit Pistons. Can't really understand that one. And after that, he missed two games. So first time he goes over 42 minutes, he misses two games, the next two games after. Then, literally right after that, he played two games, and then he was out for that long, long, long stretch. So was it connected? Because if you miss two games, then you play two, and then you're out for months. I don't know. Even if it wasn't the exact same injury, it feels like, oh, hobbled by one. Okay, so now one for one that, hey, you play over that extreme number of minutes, uh, the consequences are significant. Now, late in the year, one of the last games of the season, he played over 42 minutes against the Knicks. Okay, and at this point, you know, I know they had a chance to the Lakers to get out of the play in, but it wasn't a great chance. And he misses the next game after that. So now we've got. Two times where he plays that much and he misses the next game. Now, the last time he did it was against Golden State in the playing game. Played over 42 minutes. And what we saw was what we saw in the playoffs, right? Which was a guy who seemed to be a little off to start with and obviously got worse. I wonder, could the case be made that... When you see that, hey, him playing a lot of minutes is a problem, why play that many against the Knicks in a game doesn't mean very much? Right? A few, not a futile chance, but a, a low percentage chance to get out of the playing at that point. And then against Golden State, you might say, RJ, that was a you know borderline must-win game. If they lose that, they could have lost the next one. But here's the question. Were the Lakers trying to avoid embarrassment of losing the playing game, or were they trying to win a title? If you were trying to win a title, don't you take a chance in the playing game that maybe AD playing 36 is going to be enough? And if somehow, some way you lose that game because of the difference between 36 and 43, eh, yeah, then you got to win one more. And if you lose that one, you're out anyway. Well, they're out now. It felt like they were acting like that 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 winning that playing game was somehow so important, but was it? Meaning that if your chance increased by a few percentage points because you played AD those extra six or seven minutes, how did that really affect, though, their chance to win a title if history tells you when he plays that many minutes? And again, it's a small sample, but Lordy B, he was, I mean, we know they were trying to limit his minutes. So why play him so many and then have short rest and and literally go into the playoffs in which he didn't seem right the whole time? It feels like they were trying to avoid embarrassment, the Lakers, instead of max their chance at a title. And I'd say, hey, chances are they weren't going to win a title anyway. But still, mathematically, it felt like they hurt their chances to not or to decrease their chances of being embarrassed. How does that sit with you? Yeah, and it almost felt like that game against the Warriors was, in in essence, their championship. Like, they they could not lose on their home floor to Golden State, especially with LeBron's history with uh, with Steph Curry and company. And and they didn't realize that, look, because you were the seven seed going into that, you had some wiggle room. You could lose that game, set up a a healthier, better matchup with Memphis uh, uh, the next time through, and, and next thing you 
know, you've got Utah in the first round, and I don't know what the big difference is between Utah and Phoenix, but it just feels like maybe they, they gunned it to win that one game for whatever the purposes were and, and just weren't the same afterwards. I think you made a great point, even better than mine on top of it, which is it wasn't just an embarrassment if they had lost that because maybe that wasn't even what it would have been. It, but it was you know, the most watched game on ESPN for yeah. two years, I think the stat was. So yeah. it was a marquee game, and they wanted to make a statement, ego-driven. And I'm not saying don't play AD in that game. I'm saying play him 36 instead of 43. That's how much difference is that seven minutes going to make? Some, yeah, but it felt like a short-sighted decision. All right, let me ask you this: and you're not a hot take guy, but a lot of people, and Mackenzie's going to actually have a take on this too. But I want to get Joan a little sober <laughs> take first. Is LeBron look like at various points he wasn't trying very hard? What do you yeah. say to that, Jones? No. I totally agree. Uh, there were times where he didn't close out on defense uh, late in the game. He was just walking up the floor on that final dunk by uh, Devin Booker, I think it was. Um, I, 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 He seemed like a guy after the game that seemed almost relieved that he could get a little bit of a break and that it was all over with. That's the way I took it. Yeah, and, and I think that speaks more towards not really lamenting uh, this loss because even if somehow they got lucky and beat the Suns, he didn't, you know, it feels like he didn't think they had it to go all the way, which, yeah, obviously they didn't. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It was the Lakers-Suns game, which was the subject of a best bet yesterday and a best bet involving Andre Drummond. Okay, so let me ask you something. It seems to me that you've lost a lot of bets in your life. Would you agree with that? Oh, I would say probably 85%. So you're an expert at this. <laughs> awful. All right, Absolutely so awful. yesterday I gave a best bet right here on the show. Not, not a pizza bet, a best bet. On Drummond to score less than nine and a half points. Okay. What was my handicap? I said it was simple. There's multiple DFS, daily fantasy guys I respect. And more than one of them felt like that what they saw from the rotation meant that Drummond was getting, uh, was going to get a lot less minutes. Gasol would get more minutes and thus going under a number that didn't really account for that. All that much was a great bet. Gave it out. Thousands of listeners or 100 plus thousand listeners. Now, how many bet? I don't know, but it was a substantial number. Drummond scored zero points. How do you do better than scoring zero points? If you're going under, you don't, Jonas. But here's the tragedy. He played zero minutes. We were so right. So right about him being phased out of the rotation that they didn't even let him play a minute. And you know what? He's the only player, Drummond, on the entire Laker team that dressed who didn't play. AD played, but <laughs> Drummond did it. And if you bet an over, under, and points and it don't play, it's a push. So we didn't lose, 
but how could you be so right? <laughs> Literally zero. I mean, if he would have just went and touched the floor when they put, I mean, I don't understand. A, a defensive substitution uh, and then pulled out immediately afterwards. But, but they, they emptied the bench in the last minute. But they said, you just stay there. You just stay there. I mean, Lucas got in the game on the with Lucas. <laughs> Think about it. Rudy got in the game. And Drummond, who was promised to start, that was why he came to the Lakers, and we don't cash. I, I think, he, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think even Jared Dudley got in the game. Everybody, Jonas, if you look at the box score, there's one player that says DMP, Drummond. I mean, one that's player. Just... So, so <laughs> i, I got to be honest with you. I've been betting pretty much every day since I was 14 years old. That's the truth. I don't think there's been a more egregious loss, meaning you can have a situation where you're, think about it, where you're up seven, you're getting three, there's a pick six, and then there's a fumble, but you could only make, you know, on the kickoff and then you lose, all right, and they return. Okay, whatever. All right, that can happen. No doubt about it. But you were only up by two scores at that point. So it's a horrible beat. But to handicap a game in which if he doesn't get on the floor, how does he score where you can't lose? But because he doesn't get on the floor for one minute, you don't cash. I don't think I've ever seen such a great handicap in all these years not cash. Yeah, it, it's also the, the fact that he was one of their big acquisitions oh. in, during the season and the final game of the year when Jared Dudley's getting a minute on the floor and, and Andre Drummond is a DNP, is a pretty bad look. What odds would you have given me, all joking aside, if I said, uh, I'm, you know, and, and if there was no sense that I had inside information, so if some, some person off the street said, I bet Drummond doesn't play, you would have said, you know, if there was no injury, which there wasn't, as far as I understood, is I would have said 300 to 1, 400. I mean, oh, yeah, easy. Far less than 1%. Right? I mean, e- the, easy. I don't think there was enough. Mackenzie, look it up. Was there another game this year for the La- with the Lakers that Drummond didn't play that he suited up? So, all right. I mean, and, and furthermore, if you would have told me, and Anthony Davis is going to go out after playing five minutes, and Andre Drummond is still not going to get in the game, I would have given you 300 to 1. doesn't even <laughs> so, make sense. So, so really what all the people who bet it has to ask themselves is, it would it have been better to cash the one bet or now you got a story. 20 years from now, you can tell them this story. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Clippers find themselves <laughs> on the brink of elimination, down three games to do two in their series with the Dallas Mavericks, and the Clippers on the road, a two-and-a-half-point favorite later on tonight on pregame.com. This is so curious, the following. Check this out. The odds for the Clippers to win the title are 10-1. to 1. The odds for the Mavs to win the title are 25-1. to 1. The Mavs are up. Three games of two in this series. And if you think about it, 
all you got to do is look at the series price. Dallas is minus 160 to win the series. So it goes to show you, even if Dallas wins, the Clippers were considered to be, and if they won, so much better that literally how much they would be favored by more in the next three rounds to win the title, if it happened, would make them pay uh, less than half at 10 to 1 with the Clipper, uh, the Clippers as what the Mavs are paying at 25 to 1. I don't think I've ever quite seen a series seemingly being so in one team's direction and the other team having such better uh, title odds. It's just really shocking. I'm going to go with a lean. Now, I got a best bet on the weekend, but I'm going to go with a lean Jonas on the Clippers. They are favored, as you said, by two and a half. And here's the rationale is. I felt like Kawhi, especially, got to the hoop, got to the rim pretty effectively last game. He just missed some shots. But Kawhi missing shots up close isn't going to be, a long, you know, in theory, not a long-term problem. If they would have been settling for jumpers, if he had lacked energy, looked injured. But I think that game five was a little bit deceiving. And because of that, I'm going to back and. Obviously, we got a history here of the road team winning uh, the first five. So I'm going to go with a lean on the Clippers, minus two and a half. Yeah, and I also think just if you watch that game and you and you pointed it out, a it, little bit of fool's gold just from the standpoint, it's not like the Clippers defensively played bad. They actually played pretty good. Luka, it, it took him a lot of shots to get the point total that he got up. They just couldn't hit a shot themselves on offense. And I just don't know if that's something that, that is just going to carry over to the next game. And I, I agree with you. I, I feel like of all the first four games that even though the Mavs were shooting really well in the first two, it felt kind of earned in a way. Yeah. This one felt like it was, as they say, a make or miss league and that the making and missing, which is random uh, oftentimes, really benefited the, the Mavs. And it was the only game of the series I felt like that was the case. Mackenzie, would you agree with that, that that felt like the result that was maybe the most askew from the way the game was played, uh, the most recent one? Yes, I would agree with that. All right, excellent. That's Mackenzie Rivers, everyone. All right, one other thing. Luca over under 31.5 points, so he's expected to score a lot. But Porzingis over under 15.5. I would have a pretty good lean on the under there. He did not play. He hit that shot late but did not play well at all. And real quick before we get to my best bet, we had mentioned that the Suns are minus 240 over the Nuggets plus 200. So that means the Suns are a 70% chance to advance. But we got the Milwaukee-Brooklyn. Jonas, set it up. I got a best bet on that one. Yeah, and it is uh, the uh, Nets, and it's the Brooklyn Nets minus four coming up uh, hosting the Milwaukee Bucks in game one of their series. Yes, and my best bet is in game one, and I like the underdog Milwaukee. And this is real simple. This is about motivation. And the Nets are the type of team that needs a reason to play hard. And, hey, they're coming in as the favorite. They're the home team. I think you could see a little flatness from them. And I know Milwaukee has focused the entire year on the on winning in the playoffs in a way no other team has. So I am going to go with best bet, full best bet, Milwaukee plus four in game one. By the way, the Brooklyn is a small fa- or about a minus 180 favorite in the series. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.